The Mere and the Curse of Camelot book is now available to buy on Amazon Prime. The link is in the details. If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mia and the Curse of Camelot, Chapter 6, The Perilous Journey When there's no turning back, you must forge on ahead, but if you take the wrong turn, you may end up dead. For half a day, Mia and Morian trudged through the enchanted forest, cutting a pathway through the branches and brambles with their swords as they went. It was a wild and mysterious landscape, but every now and again they came across signs that there was once human life. They passed abandoned watermills, their once industrious wooden paddles, now idle, broken and rotting away. Dark weed oozed along the riverbed, forming thick fingers that linked together, pushing back the flow of the water. These rivers, Morian explained, were once teeming with salmon and trout, which fed the court in the villages for miles around. That was before the witch arrived. Staring into the water, Mia could see black misty shadows swirling beneath the surface. She watched them twist and turn in a macabre dance that made her feel slightly sleepy. Until Morian bent down and rippled the water, breaking the spell. You don't want to get too close, he said. That's the toxic waste of one of Morgana's spells. Once she has caught her spell in a flask, he continued, she pours what's left in the cauldron out of the window, where it soaks into the earth and crawls towards the river, killing everything in its path. Mia stepped back, shaking the dazed feeling from her head. He began walking away, shouting over his shoulder, That spell will have ruined someone's day. Another hour went by, and they found themselves in the deepest part of the forest, where the trees were gigantic and gnarled. Their branches intertwined and formed a tunnel so dark that even the smallest ray of sunlight couldn't pierce it. Mia took out her torch, and they walked on, cautiously. There was no sound at all inside the tunnel. No animals, no breeze and no snapping twigs. All that they could hear was their own breathing and the sound of their blood rushing through their ears. It was very eerie. Mia counted 131 breaths 
before they finally stepped out of the darkness. From then on, the time passed quickly as they quizzed each other about what their lives were like. Morian was especially interested to hear how the world was going to change over the next thousand years and about the houses and tools and carriages that they had. You can travel 70 miles in one hour, he cried, not believing what he was hearing. That's faster than a dragon. Mia laughed. Teaching one of King Arthur's knights all of these things and seeing how amazed he was made her feel very intelligent. She had never felt particularly bright at school and she often struggled to understand what the teacher was saying. But the more she talked to Morian, the more she decided that intelligence was a made-up thing and it just meant that you knew more about a particular thing than the person you're talking to. She spent the next moment wondering whether a sparrow might be thought of as more intelligent than a doctor, if you wanted an expert on winter survival. What magic you have in your world, said Morian, breaking her thoughts. It would take me two days to travel that far on my horse. Mia had never thought of all the inventions in the world as magic before. But considering that science was all about potions, strange creatures and unseen forces making things happen, she thought that he was probably right. Where is your horse? she eventually said, bringing her thoughts back to the conversation. Morian sat down on a fallen tree trunk, picked up a stone and aimed it at a small mossy knoll in the distance. The stone sent a chunk of moss flying into the air as it hit, and he clenched his fist victoriously. Then he picked up a small stick and began stabbing the ground gently with the end of it. Charger is somewhere in the castle grounds, he sighed. During the battle of the Interworlds, we knights were lined up with the engineers, attacking the castle, ready to kill Morgana. But she went up to the roof and sent down a petrifying curse. Before it hit us, Charger ran towards the forest and threw me to the ground, and a second later the curse hit him and the rest of our army. My horse sacrificed his life to save mine. Mia could hear how much Morian missed his horse, and she was now starting to warm to the idea of meeting Morgana and helping him to remove her from Camelot. It was now early afternoon, and they had been on their feet for hours. Mia's legs were beginning to ache. How far is it to the land of the dragons? She said, trying not to sound cranky. It's in another realm, far away from here. But don't worry, we'll be taking a shortcut. We just have to find the mountain witch. Mia frowned. A mountain witch? I'm already dreading meeting Morgana. I certainly don't need two witches in my life. Morian laughed out loud. This one's a nice witch. She's a little different, but she's quite harmless. And she will help us get to the dragon realm. A sudden change in the weather meant that they had reached the edge of the forest and had entered the water realm. They both pulled up the hoods of their cloaks to shield them from the cold downpouring of rain. That's where we're going, said Morian, pointing upwards. Mia looked ahead and saw the bent peaks of the mystical mountain range looming over them. They were shaped like a cluster of witches' hats, only greyer and more crumpled. 
her eyes fixed on the bright blue waterfalls that cascaded down them, spitting out dramatic blue sparks whenever they came into contact with a jutting rock. That's where Molly Merle lives, the witch that we're going to see. Mia looked towards the gap in the rocks where Morian was pointing and saw a jet of blue sparkling water shoot into the air. Then came another, and another. At least five fountains of this mystical water jetted out of the mountains and then evaporated. They are Molly Merle's magical wells, explained Morian. They are portals to wherever you want to go. You will soon see. Come, let's keep going. We have a long climb ahead of us. A storm was now upon them. They pulled their hoods tightly around their heads and ran across the meadows towards the mountain. Their route onto the mountain path was blocked by a shallow, pebbly river and there was no obvious way around it. There had once been a rope bridge to cross it but one side of it had worn away and was now lying collapsed in the water. We must walk through it, said Morian. It's low enough at the moment. Although Mia was a little scared, she was soaked through from the rain already and so reasoned that wading through the knee-high water could not have made her any wetter. So she took off her shoes and socks, put them in her bag and followed Morian across. The pebbles felt more like rocks and were difficult to walk across. Her feet kept slipping and getting caught between them and every other step she had to change direction. As they got to the middle of the river, the water became a lot deeper and was nearly up to their waist. The flow intensified and started to push her sideways. She could barely stand up in it now, let alone walk. She toppled over with a splash and in a panic shouted out to Morian, but he was too far away to grab her. She caught hold of her glasses just in time to stop them being washed away as she was dragged under the water. Mia tried to scramble to her feet, but it was no use. The wind was now howling around the mountain and swishing the water into a raging torrent. Underneath, Mia swirled and swirled before she finally saw that she was being swept down the river.